Welcome to Mindful Movement with Naya, a podcast about all things mind-body connection. I'm Naya Kalmels, nationally certified Pilates teacher, yoga teacher, integrative movement specialist, and owner of Mindful Movement. This podcast is meant to educate, elevate, and inspire anyone interested in feeling and moving better. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's get started. Welcome to Mindful Movement with Naya. I'm Naya Kalmels, and today I'm interviewing Ava Rodriguez. She is a joint mobility specialist based in Sydney, Australia, and she's also a Pilates teacher and a neurokinetic therapist. I have been very fortunate to watch her on Instagram for the last year or so and finally get to actually talk with her about the way that she brings so much fun and play into something that can be challenging for a lot of people, joint-specific mobility. Thank you so much, Ava, for being on our show. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I want to ask you what brought you into fitness and wellness and that whole world. And also, of course, I have to ask you, what is neurokinetic therapy? I'm not that familiar with that. Sure. Um, I come from a long line of scholars. So from very early on, it was ingrained in me that if you ever want to contribute to big change, you have to do that through education. So this is how I started my journey to earn my right to teach and mentor other teachers. Obviously, it's a long journey and it takes time and you always have to, you're always, everybody's always a work in progress, right? So this is my way of contributing to improving our industry because we are playing in an unregulated industry and the education can be vary a lot and there is a lot of not quality education out there and in the end of the day of course that we do movement and fitness and it's supposed to be fun but it's also supposed to give results minus a lot of injuries nobody can you know how we say injury prevention there's no such thing right we can only mitigate injury unless you can foresee time which we cannot Mm -hmm. Uh, but not understanding the intricate details of the human body also sets us in a position where we can sometimes contribute to something that we don't want to so this is why I think primarily I got into this industry as a professional. I so appreciate that. And especially the talk about it being relatively unregulated and the importance of education within that. I was a middle school teacher <laughs> and come from a family of teachers. So um, yeah, I'm used to having credentials and lots of regulation. And so- Absolutely. Yes. And it's important for people to also be able to decipher between someone who's really deeply knowledgeable about what they're teaching and just has great marketing, for example. hundred percent. But also you and I know that you can hold a lot of certificates. Mm. That's not the same as understanding how to apply the knowledge. True. Hence why I created mine. So it's not just the education in itself. It's mostly the way it's taught to us which is not our fault is the educate uh, educator's fault right right i don't like the word fault but you understand what i'm saying so it it has to start with the root on how do you convey a message 
what is the intent of the message and what is the outcome of that message. Mm-hmm. You know how there is this famous quote, which I love, by the way, by Nelson Mandela, when he says education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. Yes, I've seen that quote on your website, Move Beyond the yes. <laughs> I love that quote. I grew up with that quote. It's my father's favorite quote. And he always told me, you want to contribute to change? You don't make noise. You do it through knowledge. Beautifully said. So here we are. And so the neuro neurokinetic- your question about neurokinetic therapy, by the way. Sorry. No worries. Uh, so neurokinetic therapy is a fancy way of describing manual therapy, which is very similar to physiotherapy. Mm-hmm. So it's about downregulating the nervous system during acute pain. So if you had a sustained an injury and your nervous system's going way, 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 you go to a physio to, you know get manipulated so that your nervous system feels a little bit calmer so it's about palpating tissue understanding well I actually learned my best anatomy there because now you have to dig into tissue so you need to know where you are and what you're doing yeah so essentially in a nutshell it is that's what it is is manual therapy beautiful and what brought you into joint specific mobility training and my understanding at this point is that's where you're spending most of your energy and where you're training people right now. Is that correct? Yes, yes, it is. Um, so from the get-go, I never, like we spoke just before uh, tuning in, that I don't see myself as someone that belongs to a specific culture or borders or nationalities. And the same is with movement. I don't see myself as I'm a Pilates teacher, I'm a yoga teacher, I'm a this teacher. I teach movement. That's what I do. And because joint mobility is the most misunderstood and misused and also underused um, part of fitness, and it sets the tone for everything else that we do, I thought I feel very passionate about it. I feel that it is an important piece of the puzzle that so many don't know about or they think they do but they are actually they don't so I made it my mission to bring awareness to it educate people about it so this is where we are so I've learned a lot from you just from your Instagram posts about joint specific mobility training because the word mobility is used so much and it seems to me in the last couple of years, it's kind of become a buzzword in the fitness industry. Everyone I talk to seems to be doing some type of mobility training, mm-hmm. but when I see what they're doing, it looks nothing like what I've seen you do. So I'm curious if you could kind of walk us through how that word is used. And for example, maybe the yoga world or Pilates world or general fitness world, and then what you specifically mean, even though it sounds very straightforward, um, I'd love to hear kind of how you characterize what you do and how that's different from how other people might characterize mobility training. Yeah. So in the Pilates world, we use the mobility a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Which, which obviously might confuse us a little bit more. I mean, the good part about mobility being the new buzzword, being the hottest kid on the block, like I say, <laughs> is that our market is becoming more educated. 
Yes. It's more awareness. People are asking for it. They are seeking it. And that is a good, that is a fantastic thing. Yeah, we're realizing but, we don't have it. <laughs> we realize we don't have it. This is something that we need. But with the good also comes, you know, the other side of the coin. And is that we mislabel things and misunderstand things. Because I always say you have three categories of teachers. You have the ones that I call the divergence because... Obviously, they're more similar to my mindset where they're seeking constantly and they're like questioning things constantly. And they're like, mm, I'm putting this together, but it doesn't fit. So it must be something that I'm missing. Mm -hmm. Then you have the ones who are just not ready to learn yet. So everything goes like, over your head. And we have periods where we all are in that phase. And then you have the third category who's like, I am a constant student but I actually never invest in my education. I'm just going to figure it out on my own. And they are, I, I guess, the most um, dangerous type of learners, I would say, because you fool yourself that you want to learn something, but you're not. Mm -hmm. So you can see dynamic stretching, um, dynamic flows, foam rolling, Pilates flows, any other flow, even... I've seen even weightlifting posts and call them mobility or do these drills and they will unlock this and this. I mean, as soon as you see a post telling you you can unlock anything, you already know they are confused. <laughs> because if you know how to unlock something, you're not going to do it on an Instagram post. Not if you have integrity. That's bottom line. And the other thing is that the education around joints in general, is very little in any modality, really. Um, it's not the same as knowing that we have these joints and it's a synovial joint and it's that joint. This is joint-specific training. It's about how it's very methodical, it's very precise. It's not the most fun thing, I'm going to be honest. Um, it is very challenging and difficult, but it's also very, very potent. And it doesn't resemble anything we do in Pilates. It doesn't resemble anything you do in yoga or anything else in conventional fitness, really. Mm -hmm. So therefore, like you say, when you go to the post and they call it mobility, but it doesn't resemble anything, then when you come to my post, that that is the reason. There's nothing wrong with dynamic stretches or, you know, strength drills. They're all valid and all good, but they're not going to unlock you or anything. And when you come to one of my seminars, you learn very quickly why. There is a reason for it. Can you explain a little bit about that? I um, I interviewed a physical therapist that is here in California a few months ago, and he has talked about, uh, basically, he learned a little bit about joint-specific mobility training. And when I was working with him, he shared that the muscles and all the things around the joint can't work if the joint itself doesn't work like the joint it's designed to work as. Absolutely. Is that kind of how you would characterize it? Or do you have a different way of explaining that? Um, no, I think that's a very valid way of explaining it because we're so muscle focused in fitness. Yeah. Now we have forgotten that the muscles tune in and obey the quality of the joint. Because the joints is, the joint, I mean, the joint capsule is the first place that perceives movement from your uh, nervous system. Okay, that so I cannot know. Yeah, but if you cannot move, you know, when you do a squat, a squat is a really good example. And at some point you just feel stuck. Yep. Right. Bone is catching bone. There's nowhere to go. You can 
cue as much as you like. You can try as much as you like. You can take a heavy weight and push yourself down. You can raise your heels and do all sorts of things. You remove all of that, you're still stuck, right? Because bone is now is knocking into bone. Where are you going to go? There's nowhere for you to go. So no amount of stretching and foam rolling and strengthening, it's really going to cater to where we now talking bone, right? So therefore, this is what I'm going back to, education. When we take a certification to teach a modality, that is exactly what it is. You are now learning a repertoire to replicate and teach others. That is not the same as learning the intricate details of the human body. And that's what I think things get confusing. Mm. But I hold the certificate in so and so and so. Fantastic. Valid. Great. Don't confuse it with in-depth anatomy. Anatomy is vast, is deep. You're always going to learn the parts that is relevant to your profession. Right. So just because you know the names of the muscles and you know maybe even more than so, you know how the fibers run and et cetera, doesn't really mean that you know how to unlock joints. So it's, like I said, it's the educator's fault. And also a lot of the times, at least in my experience, going in and out of very heavy, heavy seminars with anatomy professors who don't care about Pilates or perky butts or sexy backs, is that it's amazing, it's mind-blowing, but then you walk out and you go, now what? Yes. All this fantastic information, but I have no idea what to do with these tools. How do you apply it? How do you apply it? Yes. Right? So there is a huge gap between the theory and the application. So I feel... For me, that's where I come in. That's where I want to add value is to how do you bridge the gap between heavy theoretical um, concepts and make it applicable so that you can still teach what you love to teach mm-hmm. and you can sprinkle this in because not everybody want to be specialists at something like my husband keeps reminding me all the time. <laughs> and not everybody wants to teach this stuff. Because there are those who are like, oh, my God, I love it. And then there are those who are like, oh, my God, it's so boring. I want to die. Kill me now. And fair enough, right? That's funny because when I first started doing Pilates, I thought it was horribly boring. Um, but I had a back injury. And so the more I to. learned, what's that? And so you had to do Pilates. <laughs> yeah, I had no choice. It was like, this This is going to help you walk again. So I started doing Pilates out of necessity. And the more I learned about my body the more I realized why Pilates was helping me and that helped me like it a lot more. And then the more I learned, the more I enjoyed it. And it kind of was a cyclical process. And so I became very interested in the why behind things. So I've done multiple cadaver labs. I know that's on your resume as well, but I've been stuck in that same exact thing that you mentioned where, yes, I can look at a dissected human body and understand what it looks like when it's there, but what do I do with a live human who's moving in all these different ways? And how do I apply the knowledge from the cadaver lab that I greatly appreciated and respected being able to be a part of and take that into a Pilates practice with, you know, and seeing things that look very different in that practice than when you're in the midst of a, you know, in a lab. 
100%. I have physios um, that have taken my certification and two of them in two different seminars, two different countries, nearly cried and hugged me and said, well, when we were in school and they told us, this is what you do with people that have spinal injuries and la la la. And then you come into the real world and they walk in and you're like, oh my God, this human cannot even move. Like they literally cannot move because they're so stuck. All the things that I was taught doesn't work. What am I supposed to do now? Right. And we go in circles and you just gave me the sharpest tool I can ever own. Mm. And I, I, um, I'm a passionate lady, so I'm very expressive. I call it your most, you know, valuable weapon you're going to have in your arsenal um, <laughs> that you just, you know, there is like one shot in, straight into the bullseye. Um, my husband often jokes and tells me that I have an engineer brain and I'm very specific in my head. And for me, how do you measure success? You measure it through results, right? Mm -hmm. And then when there are moments where the result just is not happening, obviously there's something missing in the toolbox. You're lacking information. We're lacking knowledge. Where do we find it? Surely there must be more to it. Um, so yeah. I think that this is very powerful. I understand that not everybody finds it fun. I understand and respect that it's not for everyone. Nevertheless, everybody needs it. If you have a joint, you're gonna gonna need to do this because there will be no mana pilates or yoga or anything else that's going to cater to the longevity of your joints because training is not about just earning a skill. It's also about durability, right? Mm -hmm. We, wear and tear happens because we're aging. That's part of it. Like I just got glasses for the first time. I apparently have to read with glasses now. Welcome to that's the club. Part, <laughs> you, well, exactly, that's part of the game, right? <laughs> but as much as, and if you're a person that is very active, you're into sports, well, you're going to have more wear and tear because you're using your chisel more. But you're going to need to utilize this concept so that you pull back on the wear and tear so that you still can go further than your mailbox or not be scared when somebody walking past you because if you fall, you're going to break your hip. Yeah, that's so, life right there. Absolutely. And I know that, you know, when you go on socials, they're like, do weightlifting because you need muscles. Of course you do. Without it. You know what, like balance training. This is a very interesting one. Stand on one nose and then twirl. Balance training is so important. That's not balance training. That's reflex training. Balance is about having muscle mass around your shit so that it can hold you. But before you can earn those muscles, you also need to be able to go to places because you cannot earn muscles in a space you cannot have, a, you don't have access to. You got to be able to move your joints so you can move your muscles. <laughs> but you have to be able to go there, right? So if I can only squat one third of my depth, how much can I strengthen? So I you... don't have accessibility. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. It makes so much sense when you put it in that context. You travel all over the world teaching joint mobility, training to people, I imagine, of very different backgrounds as far as the knowledge, like the base knowledge that they come in with. 
What is the experience of traveling to different countries, working with different people as far as how they perceive fitness and specifically the work that you're doing and their kind of their the way that they react to it or and the way that they practice it? Yeah. So majority of the people that come into my seminars are obviously Pilates teachers because I'm a clinical trained Pilates teacher. So I attract Pilates teachers and I also make sure that this feeds into Pilates because I love Pilates myself, <laughs> but I do have, um, have had physios, um, yoga, PT, because in the end of the day, if you're a movement practitioner, this is useful to you. Mm-hmm. Um Different cultures is very interesting. So I'm going to start with the Americans because majority of my clients are Americans. And Americans are very curious and understand the value of being first at anything. <laughs> you mean <So>, competitive? <laughs> yeah, but look, there is a value in understanding that you need to grow and that you need to be on the ball. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that because it speaks to my personality, right? The deals are done nice and fast. <laughs> like, hi, I have this. They go on your Insta. They're like, that's it. Let's do this. <laughs> um, I lived in London and obviously London, it's a city that values education very much, right? There's scholars in their culture and therefore they like quality. They want to be better at what they do. So again, they're like, wait a minute, there's something here and I want to be part of this and I'm going to invest and learn. So that's natural in, in the culture, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So like you said, different cultures, Australians, they're more laid back. Um, you get both. Um, in so here it's mostly that when people reach out to me, there's a studio that reaches out to me and goes, Come, I really love what you do. Can you come and educate my staff? Mm-hmm. Um, and often that person that reaches out to me is 100% the divergent. <laughs> She's seeking, yeah, she wants that studio that's like, Okay, I want to offer everything. I've, I can see my clients that I've taken them from this to here. But now there's something missing. This is as much as Pilates can do for them. I need something else. That's why I reached out to you. <laughs> it's always unanimously that is the reason people come to me. Like they're like, oh my God, I've been to a physio for two years. I came across your page. Basically, what do I have to lose? Let's give this a try, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. So different cultures, different. So in Dubai, obviously, it's a very international uh, cities so you get a lot of cultures like london right you have everything and anything there and you get a bag mix of people um sometimes people come and they think that i'm still going to teach them flows and you're like girl there will be no flows happening because if the flows did the trick you need me to come here and teach you this um but yeah most people that come into my training they're curious hungry they have um they are those people who want to be the best at what they do. Mm-hmm. They care a lot about themselves and about their clients. Obviously, you have to care about yourself to care about your clients. Um, they're interested in that longevity because they are at a point in their life where they have understood that my clients are going to age with me. 
I'm not always going to be 25. I can't always just randomly do things, hurt myself, foam roll it, put a plaster on it, move on, and then go back and back and back, right? So you need a level of maturity. And when I say maturity, that doesn't mean age. I have had 25-year-olds in my seminar that are more mature than 50-year-olds than I know. So I don't think that that goes hand in hand. Maturity for me is that you're aware. You're aware, you understand, you have the ability to reflect and look at things from the outside and not just be stuck in your head. Yes, I agree with that. (laughs) And talk a little bit about um, these seminars. I know that you, on your website, it shows Mm -hmm. that you have a 12-week program. I know you've got your sticky shoulder, nagging neck course. Then you also have your Mobility Academy certificates. Kind of explain what part's online, what part is in person, and who your um, audience is for each. Yes. So the 12-week program and the short on-demand classes are for anyone and everyone. I was going to say regular mortals, like we are not mortals, we are. (laughs) But you don't have to be professional to go through them. The difference between them is that the 12-week program is longer in nature. So they are one hour to 70-minute classes. Mm -hmm. They are three classes each week for three weeks. And then one week is off. And everybody, when they hear off, they think that's a blow bubble week. I'm going to scratch my ass week. It's not. That is the week that you either catch up because life got in the way or you are on schedule. So that is the week where you go back to that range that is just stubborn. That was, like I say, it was in the toilet so that you get more input in that. So Mm -hmm. that program is for those that have time. For those people that don't have time, I don't recommend that because you're going to just feel overwhelmed. And you're like, oh, my God, I didn't tick my boxes. And the point of going through a program is not to add stress to your life. Mm -hmm. Right. So the short on demand classes, they range from, I think, eight minutes to 25 minutes where you cater to one range at a time so that it fits into everything else you want to do in fitness. Mm -hmm. And it's not scheduled. You can do it whenever you want. Everything can be streamed, obviously, as long as you have access to internet. The nagging shoulder, it's specifically for professionals. Okay. And it's about any shoulder or neck or upper back or scapula injuries. They all go under the same umbrella. Uh, it's not just a rehab program. A lot of people make the mistake thinking joint mobility is for rehab. It's not. It is joint strength on a level that you probably never tasted before. And as a result, it does rehab because you move away from where you were. Hence why I call myself move beyond with Ava, because before understanding the intricate details about the joints, I was tired of standing on the same place, banging my head. And that's why I come up with this name, not because I think it's sexy, it's very long and annoying, but (laughs) it just describes the fact that I have the ability to take you from here to there. Yes. To me, that's valuable. Well, it definitely characterizes what you're able to do, which I think is huge. And uh, just speaking about the shoulders in particular, I was working with a client today and I was using a lot of the different tools in my toolkit. And I was thinking, I think I need a sharper tool for this. (laughs) So yeah, yeah. 
I hear you. I hear you. And also the thing is that with joint mobility, because it's it's complex, that's the honest truth. It's mm -hmm. quite complex. So my whole thought before this, obviously, when I created my certification, it's not just there is you and I, we all are an accumulation of everything that we have ever learned, right? So when I create a certification and got it accredited, it's not it's not that it's a copy-paste of anything else. It's a mixture of the things that I know. There's a lot of manutherapy in there because if I didn't have my neurokinetic therapy background, if I hadn't had studied for eight years uh, with an anatomy professor, I wouldn't be able to take this apart the way I have and then create something and put it back together that I can teach you so that you can apply it when you are teaching your Pilates, for instance. So the idea of this certification is exactly that. How do you take something complex, complex concept, make it a little bit more simple, condense, give it so that you can apply it. So when people come into my seminars, if we do them in person, the five hours, if we do them on Zoom, because who wants to stare at a computer for five hours? You're just like, nobody can focus, right? Everybody goes off with the fairies, um, including me. We divide it in two days. So we do two and a half on one day, two and a half on the second day. But once they gone through the seminar and they come and they do their exams and everybody always gets scared when they, they hear the word exam, you're like, we're not in back in high school nobody's holding you accountable you're not timed you do this in your own home in your own time you can do it fifty thousand times if you want to it's more for your integrity but after that they get access to 30 day on-demand tutorials which range from three minutes to eight minutes just to understand what to do because who's going to remember everything five hour seminar even if it's 15 hours you're not going to remember it just doesn't work like that no one's brain work like that um so i make sure that i support people because i want you to succeed and anyone that's ever been in my seminar they can tell you i'm always there you can always reach out to me you can always ask a question i'm happy to jump on a call i'm happy to give you whatever i have in my thoughts um because obviously your success is my success i love that you're there to support your students and um, if anyone's interested, you do have your HIPS class, right? Your free yes. video on your website. It took me a little while to find it, but then yes. I did. And oh my goodness, it kind of blew my mind, Ava. It was, it's so funny to watch you perform what seems like these small movements if you don't know what it is that you're doing and you're just viewing it. And as I followed you through this, course, which is about 40 minutes in totality, I was working so hard, not just in trying to move my right hip, but to try to stabilize everything else so that nothing else did move. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, she's sitting there talking through this whole thing, explaining things. And I'm just trying to remember to breathe. <laughs> I know. I know what you mean. I was there the first time too. And I thought, are you for real? Like, is this <laughs> for real because it doesn't also translate through social media because there's no queuing behind it there's no talking behind it and this is why when people replicate a movement and they you know plaster it on obviously for me who knows what i know from the get-go i'm a clinical trained pilates teacher so from the get-go i was always look for 
patterns that are dysfunctional and understand why. Mm -hmm. So problem solving is my thing. I come with that eye way prior to becoming a manual therapist, way prior to becoming a joint mobility specialist and everything feeds into each other, right? Mm -hmm. And I can see, I'm like, okay, you don't own that range. You're pushing yourself into it. You don't own this. And this is the beauty of this work to me is that you can be the most badass mover and then you come to this work and you go, whoa, shit, oopsie. Is it on this hip I've been doing this stuff on? Because you can't know. And because none of us know how to properly assess, then think about it. If you go to your GP, if she or he doesn't diagnose you well, well, your health plan is going to falter, right? That goes without saying. Same here in training. If I cannot and you cannot assess specifically what your client or you yourself need, everything that you throw at it isn't going to fix it. <laughs> well, it might fix it, but it's still a guess. Do you see what I'm saying? You're mm -hmm. throwing stuff to see what sticks, but you can't explain why it's stuck. So then... The question comes, did you understand what you were doing? And this is when people confuse experience with knowledge. Mm -hmm. I come across a lot of Pilates teachers that have worked way longer than me, and they feel they have a lot of experience in rehab, a lot of experience with shoulder, a lot of experience with knee and hip and et cetera. And then when we start to talk about it halfway in, I'm like, mm -hmm. don't fool yourself. You might have applied, you know, the color red 100 times, 50 of those times it worked. But can you explain to me why that red worked? Apart from, yeah, but because it worked because we took the shoulder and then we did this. No, no, no. Not generic answers, specific answers. And that throws people off. Mm -hmm. So when they walk out from my seminar, they're like, you were not kidding when you said specific. I was like, no. My my definition of specific is going to be different from most. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I feel you on that, actually, because I'm the same way as far as needing specifics. And I also think when you were talking about the type of people who are drawn to you, whether they're professionals, whether they're Pilates instructors or lay people, they tend to be people who kind of are looking for an edge. They really value education and want to be the best at their craft and the way that they move in the one body that they have. I've found with my clients, especially my athletes that are very competitive athletes, mm -hmm. if they don't know the why behind doing an exercise that they don't actually want to do anyway, because they'd rather be doing their sport, if they don't know the why behind it, they're not going to do it. And they'll find every excuse not to spend the time on it. <laughs> so 100%. the why is also important for even just for client motivation so that they'll actually do it so they can help themselves. 100%. Also, it's the trust factor. Oh, yeah. I meet a lot of people that feel vulnerable at times, right? I have this question all the time. They're like, but do you have clients that just don't want to do what you say? I'm like, you know what? I'm privileged like that. I don't. And then one day I thought about it and I said, you know what? It's not that I'm privileged. It's that I take the time to explain because I understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the knowledge that I've earned that makes them trust me. And because they trust me, they do it. Yes. And they're diligent with it. 
because they understand. Like I have a guy, I actually posted about him on Instagram. He's bone on bone on his left hip. Mm. Like I think he should do the hip replacement, but I can't decide it for him. I just can only like give him my opinion if he asks. He doesn't want to do it. He's like, Eva, I can play golf for four hours, four days a week. I can go on tournaments. I don't have any pain. I can walk two legs down. Okay, fine. But the point is that he trusts me because when you're bone on bone, you have a lot of pain. Now you're vulnerable. Yeah. And also he's at an age where he feels like, who are you to tell me what to do? <laughs> You're like younger than my daughter. What do you know? Yeah, I've uh, earned the right to make my own decisions. Thank you very much. 100%. So it's the trust is the fact that not just to explain why are you doing what you're doing, but to explain the impact that you will have based on these variables. That's how you earn people's trust. And this is why I always say, you need to understand the difference between education and education. There are a lot of things labeled education. For instance, if you pay for choreography, you can still say it's education, right? Because you're learning how to put a class together. But you also need to understand that even when a choreography is taught to you and you learn the why and the how, you actually didn't learn much about the human body. You learned about how to replicate a repertoire. Mm -hmm. Not saying it's not valuing it, but don't walk away tricking yourself in thinking you know things that you don't. So I want to make take an example that has nothing to do with movement, nice and fast. I have a daughter that has ADD, and so does my husband. So they're neurodivergence, right? They fascinate me. I love their brain. Now, when I go to my kids' uh, teachers, they're like, I have worked in the industry for 38 years. I'm super experienced with people that have ADHD or ADD or autism or whatever it is. Great, I say. And I say, what is it that you think you know, though? And I just start rambling things and they're like horrified. How dare she ask me that? And then it turns out that your experience is based on the perception of the things that you think you see. Mm which is not the same as understanding something. When someone has ADD, like my daughter, she's not disruptive. She doesn't have the hyperactivity. She goes off with the fairies. The teacher who feels experienced, she feels she doesn't care or she can't control it. So she just uh, loses focus. What she doesn't see is that she's full of anxiety. She actually cares more than 10 kids combined. So you need to have knowledge to know that, which then affects the way you give her instructions, affects your energy when you're speaking to her. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? So you can take that and you can apply it to our industry. Just because you have rehabbed, you know, hundreds of shoulders, it doesn't necessarily mean you understand the shoulder fully. I'm not saying you don't understand anything, but it's confusing. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I rehab shoulders before knowing this work. Did it work? 100% no. It worked, but it didn't pack the same punch for sure. I didn't move beyond. I just made them feel better. They moved with Ava. They didn't move beyond with Ava yet. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. That's my point. Yes. Yes. So That's we're talking all about the power of this 
Um, and of course, as you said earlier, it's not just this modality, it's everything that you bring to it from years and years of not just experience, but also knowledge and proper training. If somebody wants to get started with this, whether it's for themselves or to be able to help other people incorporate it into their routines, how do you recommend someone get started with mobility training? So, look, if you ask me, I'm a simple girl, I'm going to tell you, certify. Certify, weaponize yourself mm -hmm. so you don't have to rely on me, right? Um, because to me, a good mentor is a mentor that shares their knowledge so that you now have enough knowledge to go practice it for yourself, make it your own, and then with time, be able to ask your students to reproduce it. Um, so I think that is the most powerful. Uh, other people will go, you know what? I don't want to teach it. I just want to do it for myself. And I wouldn't want to do it in my own time. Then jump in on the one month program, the short on demand, because if you're a professional, you probably don't have a lot of time. So 12 week program might not be the thing for you. I think it's important that people understand before they sign up to the 12 week program. So they don't feel overwhelmed because that's not the intent of it. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you just want to practice it for yourself, that's where you go. Um, but if you want to learn it to understand it, then you certify. You show up to one of the seminars and then you put the work in and then you earn your own way forward. You know, it's funny when you started answering the question, my follow up question was going to be, but what about non-professionals? Mm -hmm. And then I realized even non-professionals should be getting certified, just like so many people get certified in yoga and Pilates, not because they intend on teaching it, but because they don't want to depend on a teacher forever to understand how to move in their own bodies in that way. So Absolutely. I love what you're saying about like, if you really, if you really care, if you really want the edge, if you want the knowledge, get certified. Yeah. Easy. Why and wouldn't my understanding you want is that if we certify with you, Ava, we get to laugh and curse in multiple languages and kick ass together, right? <laughs> yeah, there I'm is. I'm talking you on your website. girl. What can I tell you? Things just come out and hard work. It's I'm, I'm, I blame it on passion. And in the end of the day, my goal is to convey something complex in an easy manner, so that you also remember it. Um, so I, you know, it took me years to understand because obviously I studied with anatomy professors. They're very technical when they talk. And when you are newbie, you come out, you just regurgitate what you learned, right? <laughs> People will go like, huh? like, what language are you speaking? Right. And even and other teachers couldn't understand what I was saying. And then I thought, okay, there's no value in me walking into a room sounding so technical like i want to sound that i'm smarter than you what's the point in that mm -hmm. so you i'm actually rarely speak technical and i do curse a lot i'm gonna admit so ava which languages can you curse it well so look cursing you learn in every language <laughs> before even knowing the language right so That's if you're gonna, like language right cursing i'm gonna go oh girl there will be multiple like if you look at my friends it's like the united nations 
from all over the world, uh, so many languages. And I lived in London, so you're like around 82 languages a day, if not more. So I cursed in many, 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 the ones I speak and the ones I don't speak. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm also married to a half Swedish, half Venezuelan. So there's four languages in my household already. Um, so yeah, there's a lot going on in here. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat Thanks with me. me. And thank you so much for sharing your passion about of movement and movement education with the world, because I feel like you're doing a great service for all of us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So lovely to meet you. Likewise. I hope that we can do this again in the future. And I really look forward to joining you for a certification in the next Love year. Love having you. Love. <laughs> Let's go laugh a little. <laughs> <laughs> or a lot. <laughs> or a lot thank you so much Ava thank you take care speak soon that wraps up this episode of mindful movement with Naya if you'd like to contribute to the show we'd appreciate your support through buy me a coffee link in show notes if you enjoy the show please rate review subscribe and share it takes less than a minute and it really helps us out if you'd like more mindful movement resources check out our website at nayapilates.com.